welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and you as our listeners would be edified. Today we're going to answer a question or so that came in through our webpage. And if you have a question, a Bible question, you can go there and go to the contact page and submit your question. Uh, please put some kind of a, a title or something to catch our eye that it is a question and not spam that would be uh, most helpful to us. And also on the webpage, you want to know if we've got your question, we're working on it, or perhaps already answered it. There's also a section on the webpage there, a podcast index page. There you can also uh, follow that as well. There's so much more information on our webpage. We try to sell it every uh, podcast. Perhaps we try to oversell it. Uh, we do not sell any books. We we don't. We are completely self-supporting. Uh, we do have a few folks who are generous in their in their help, and we have lots of people who email and say thank you and that they're praying. Uh, we're excited about all that. We think all oh, that's really great, and so we know that. Uh, you have a busy life, but if you're listening to this podcast, we also know that you're searching or need some help or edification. Uh, again, we appreciate the positive comments that we do get. Uh, we are trying to answer these questions today. Do you have a Bible? I would please encourage you to open it and follow along. I think that is so important uh, for you as a listener to make sure that I am not just pulling something out of the air and trying to pull the wool over your eyes. We have people who uh, try to do that on television a lot. I catch it all the time. Uh, they'll say things that are not in the Bible, or they'll just flat tell you it's not in the Bible. Just trust them. They have a new inspiration, and that is a lie. There are no more new inspirations. Uh, God has made it really clear. Uh, the Bible is clear about that as well. And so one of the questions is uh, what are the duties of the preacher? And uh, well, I want to thank our listener uh, for listening to the podcast and submitting this question. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to say there's an easy answer to this question, uh, but there's not. And that is because the waters have been muddied so much by denominationalism. And I, if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, uh, you know that I am not real big on any denomination including those who claim to be non-denominational, because in the end, they're just another denomination, it seems. And so, we're going to try to cover that. Uh, if you want, please, again, follow along in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to be reading from that in just a moment. Uh, I've noticed that this duty, the role... Sometimes even the title of that person that we would call the preacher uh, is often called other things. Minister, evangelist, pastor, so on. Uh, those are all Greek words and they all have a, a certain definition. However, like our words and our language, sometimes those words overlap. Those meanings have uh, some overlap in them as well. And so... Again, I'm not surprised there's confusion about this. The New Testament does provide us, though, with uh, some answers 
uh, to the question that you have. And so, uh, and I don't remember the person's name. I don't know that the email address even gave me a clue, to be honest. So please forgive me if you're listening. I, I, I don't, I don't remember. Couldn't find it or something. Anyway, Second Timothy chapter four, verses one through five. And this is an apostle Paul. He's writing uh, a letter. We might also call it a, an epistle. And he's writing this to a young man a young preacher by the name of Timothy. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Verse uh, five here, but you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And that is a, a, a verse, that section of Timothy, these verses often are applied to the man that will be in the pulpit. Uh, doesn't seem to matter what denomination you're in, they seem to have that charge, they will, they will refer to this occasionally. I don't know how many preachers pastors, teachers, whatever you want to call them, had really studied in depth uh, Timothy and Titus, these two, actually three letters, but these two men that Paul wrote to, uh, I, I don't think they have. I think there's this, they just skip over it because they don't believe that it has anything to do with the church, and you, somebody sitting in a pew could care less. Well, I don't believe that to be true. I have found over the years by teaching these books and going through them, it actually helped uh, people understand the role that I was trying to fulfill and trying to do it scripturally. Because I lost count the number of times I was told in, in a church meeting, men's meeting, I don't know, it's called different things, different places, but actually been told to stop preaching sermons that made people feel guilty about their sin and their lifestyles. Do not rebuke people who are living in a lifestyle that other people may not agree with. But here lies the issue, church. I get it. Everybody has a right to live and think and believe what they want. At the moment, we live in a free country. And we have a God who also allows freedom of choice. And I try very hard to respect uh, both of those. But at the same time, God has given all of us a charge to teach and preach the truth and to help people out of sinful lifestyles. And we will be held accountable uh, for not uh, helping these people. And so, again, there, the issue is we've lost an understanding that we, as, as a human being are sinful by nature. Christians should not be just running around, sinning freely, living how they want to live, believing what they want to believe, and there should be nothing said. Because if you really study the Bible, that is not what we are to do. That is not what happened in the first century. So granted, uh, the church folks may not know every sin that we commit, and that's that's okay. I don't know that we 
Uh, that needs to be done. I know someone's going to email me and say we're supposed to confess our sins to one another. That means all sins. Well, yeah, sure, go ahead and do that if that's what you think and believe. I, I lean a little more public sin versus private sin and how that should be handled. Uh, but, you know, the role of the preacher, if you really read this text, is to be ready to preach the Word of God. Nothing from NPR, nothing from ABC or whoever, in their view of how you and I should be living our life and how a Christian should act. Because I'll be honest about it, if you're really listening to this, uh, you'll get what I'm trying to say, I hope, here. Every denomination has an open door to whatever you want to live and believe, and that's why people jump from church to church to group. And that's just simply... Um, it's just not right. If you're going to be a Christian, we, we need to follow the Word of God. And that includes me, and includes you, and includes everybody who claims to be a preacher. And those who teach will be held at a much higher standard. And that is a fearful thing for me. I'll, I promise you it is. I take this serious, what I do with this podcast, and what I've done over 25 years of ministry. And so, but no matter what the topic might be, none of us, including myself, like to be rebuked. It really kind of goes against this mindset that we uh, are our own God. Uh, fire, hell, and brimstone sermons seem to be the thing of the past in most Christian circles. You know, every time I've ever um, given a hellfire brimstone sermon, uh, I, I promise you, I got rebuked for that. And so, how dare you? I, I come to church to feel good. I didn't come to here to hear how terrible I am. Well, you need to understand how you really look in the sight of God Almighty and why there needed to be a Messiah. You know, every hellfire and brimstone I've ever given always, at the you know, somewhere along the line, gave a positive of, we can get out of this deal because Christ paid that price. You know, I enjoy eating ice cream and cake, but I know I can't eat those things continuously without damaging my body. I know I need to eat vegetables and fruit and, and eat healthy if I'm going to stay physically healthy. And this same application can be made in our sermons, our Bible studies, our small groups, uh, whatever else uh, we want to call them, that we really need a steady diet of the entire Word of God. And I have preached this over and over, and I know in the podcast many, many times. There are groups out here that get hung up uh, a couple chapters out of Acts, or the last chapter of Mark, or... Uh, it just goes on and on. And it just... It just frustrates me that we need to know the entire Word of God. With the entire Word of God, we get a much better picture of who God is, what He expects from us. And yes, listeners, how much He truly loves us. We are made in His image, and there, there is no other creation anywhere that I know of in the entire universe that is made in the image of God. As a preacher, I've had more tribulation and more heartaches from those people who are inside the church and those who claim to be Christian 
than those outside of the church who claim to be some other religion or no religion at all. And I understand uh, this is not true in all parts of the world. And I believe that will dramatically change here uh, in the free world without, uh, in a short time, I think it's just going to come from all, all directions. If you notice here, back to our text, in verse 2, uh, the words, with great patience and instruction. This is a must for anyone who wants to be a preacher. Jesus was a very patient preacher. He gave perfect instruction to everyone who wanted to hear the word. Once a preacher learns that he cannot control others in any way, that he can only control himself and what he says, goes a long way in helping others. And I believe Jesus really understood this. He could, he could say, have you not read? And he would start quoting scripture. But at the end of the conversation, he would walk away because he knows they had the free choice. So, let's read again verses 3 and 4 here. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, and will turn away from their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. And folks, I, I know, because I have watched it, I have witnessed it, I have heard it, the church in general, when I say that, I don't care what denomination you're in, is plagued with false teaching, uh, humanism, and syncretism. Most people don't even realize that they have fallen into these traps. It, it, this is something I have to be very careful with. We've grown up in the age of humanism. It's all about myself. It's all about me. I don't care about you or your feelings. All I want is me, me, me. We are a very selfish society. And I, that's even in the church. And it's really hard to, to sh shed that. You have to have Christ help. You have to be in prayer. You have to know the Word of God. And then, then do you realize what is false teaching and what is not. Then also you could say, oh, there's different Greek words that has similar meanings, could go different ways. And that could be true in some cases. But some people just simply don't realize that they've opened the door to false teaching. You know, we, we continually hear on a daily basis, everyone is right, there is no wrong. We trust where perhaps we shouldn't trust. How many of us really truly trust politicians? Uh, I know I don't. I, 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 I don't trust anything they would say. Because all they want is power, fame, and fortune. And there are some folks in the church that way. And I've watched it. You know, I can't think of any lifestyle that is not talked about in the Bible and what God says about those lifestyles. There is nothing new under the sun, Solomon would say. And he was right. 
So when you have a preacher who tells you it's okay to practice homosexuality and that's what you want to do, go find a church that fulfills your desires and we'll not condemn that. We'll encourage that. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is trying to say. Some people will simply want their ears tickled. They will seek out those false teachers because that's exactly what they want. They want that false teaching. Now, they may not realize it, that it's a false teaching. They may not acknowledge that. But it's making their conscience before God feel better. And they'll say, look, that Christian preacher says it's okay. Verse 4, you know, you would you say that many people have turned away from the truth of God who claim to be Christian? And yet, well, we know God has never approved of life, these type of lifestyles. I've picked on homosexuality to a point. But people living together out of wedlock. How about that? There, there's, just, there's so many other things that we could get into that God has said no. Don't do that. Don't curse. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. And it's so easy to sin and if we're honest with ourselves well, why do we sin well we like it because it benefits me and if we go back again to this idea there are myths today in these made up teachings are taught in some Christian circles that all people will go to heaven no matter what God they serve no matter what religion they are that there are different paths to heaven. This blending of religions into Christianity uh, and preaching that all dogs go to heaven type idea is called syncretism. It's a fancy word that's saying that Christianity is bringing in other teachings from other religions. And this is a very dangerous area. For anyone to be teaching these ideas, they, they need to be voided. At all costs. You hear me teaching something that is from another religion. I, I hope that somebody would say, hey, you need to repent. You know, it doesn't matter how popular these things are in the media, how harmless they seem to be uh, to us. God has said, no. You will serve me and me only. You will worship me and me only. God wants to be, and he has every right to expect to be, in the center of of our lives. I may turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, and we're going to read the first six verses here. And so bear with me. Again, please follow along if you have a Bible. Jesus here, he makes it very clear. He makes it abundantly clear that he is the only way to heaven. End of story, really. Verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwellings. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you also may be. And you know the way where I am going. Verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. 
How do we know the way? And notice this, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, period. Okay? The period, that's emphasis on my part. If this is not true, then Jesus is a liar and everything in the New Testament is a lie and we, we ought to be petty ourselves. I certainly hope that you have found a church. I hope that your preacher does preach that Christ is the only way. I hope he preaches the death and the burial and the resurrection as the gospel message, as the only part of salvation. Again, the Bible does not and has not ever accepted any type of worships outside of what the Bible has authorized. And I'll be honest with you. If you're thinking about being a, the preacher, and if you're going to preach the truth of the gospel message, you will not always be popular. You're, you're not going to have thousands and thousands of people pulling up at your door every Sunday. People do not always want to hear the truth. And if you don't believe me, just ask Jesus. I mean, he's executed for his preaching. The prophets of the Old Testament were often killed and they were all persecuted. And someone might email me and tell me, well, all the prophets were martyred. I would agree with you except for one, one thing and one person, really. And that would be Moses. Deuteronomy 18.18 18 makes it very clear that Moses was a prophet. He faced persecution from all sides for reporting to what God had commanded him to say. But Moses was never martyred. He, he died on top of a mountain. And you can read that in Jude. The duties of the preacher, kind of trying to get back to your question a little bit, they are not just limited just to the preacher or the person that you're paying to preach to you on Sunday mornings. We all as Christians have a responsibility to preach the gospel to all who will listen. We all have the responsibility to pray for the congregation in which we are worshiping. We should be willing to serve God in any function that God has called us to do. Matthew chapter 25 verses 34 through 40 say this, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Verse 36, Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? Verse 39, When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And notice this. 
the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even to the least of them, you did it to me. You see, Jesus, I believe, really makes it clear that we all need to be ministering, preaching, teaching, and helping people who are seeking and need help and give loss to the directions to those lost souls. Bringing the preacher is not a person who is above the congregation. I know several who are in that mindset that they have the ultimate power. Really, it's God. It's his church. Um, he died for it. He bled for it. He suffered for it. Um, that's really who is in charge. The preacher really is one who should be serving. I mean, Christ was an example of, of, of a serving uh, servant. He, getting your hands dirty as you work for the kingdom of God. He should be teaching others to replace him. And that is a problem. And in congregations, especially small congregations, they just really have a hard time finding uh, somebody who come and preach and fill them in and help them. But most of all, he needs to be preaching and teaching straight from the Word of God. So many preachers, teachers, men's groups, elders, whatever term you want to use, they, they love to go down to the Christian bookstore and just use a workbook or read a book and you know I'm not completely against that but why not just open up the Bible you have books that you probably have never read or studied and I know congregations I've been in one that did not want to spend any time in any book they just wanted to bounce around and that was kind of a reflection of their lives and so they just kind of like floating by so kind of a long answer to a, a question what is the duties of the preacher again the Bible does tell us that we all had duties and responsibilities and that Apostle Paul would write these letters to two men Timothy and Titus about how to be a preacher and what was expected of them and what God wanted them to do and so I would hope that it, if you're wanting to be a, a preacher, that you would study those books very carefully. Okay, we have one last question. We're really pushing time here. I know uh, most of the podcasts only go about 30 minutes or so. We have an interesting question that came in. And it's, um, why for so many years the church taught about the Antichrist and the warnings of the Antichrist about buying and selling without having the mark of the beast. And that's out of, of Revelation. And you've heard me say it many times, the book of Revelation is just happy hunting ground for anybody who wants to sell a book or scare people or whatever. And the, the, the Antichrist has been used and applied to Lapoyan, to Hitler, to Saddam Hussein, Henry Kissinger. I mean, that's just off the top of my head uh, without it going on uh, the internet and looking uh, on a search engine. And so, 
that's the problem. But you're right. You make a very valid point about the idea of not being able to buy, sell, and trade and applying it to the COVID vaccine as part of your question. I'm not going to tell you to get it or not get it. I'm not your doctor. And I think that is an individual uh, choice. Uh, I struggle with the fact that it was made with uh, aborted babies, tested on aborted tissue from babies. I really do. I have a major issue with that. And so that is a free choice that you and I are going to have to make. We're going to be forced into it. Some of us won't be able to have jobs. There's been restaurants out on the West Coast want to see proof that you've been vaccinated for. They'll say you sell you a Coke. Okay, so I understand where you're where you're coming from, and I would I, I I do agree to you to to a degree. I don't necessarily agree with the teaching of premillennialism. Again, your point is is valid in your email and your statement. Uh, this came from Sam in Oklahoma City. It is a valid, valid point that if you don't have a job because you don't get the vaccine, man, really, you're not going to be able to buy, sell, or trade. It is a back door to it. And when restaurants are demanding to see your vaccination card, um, you're not going to be able to buy, sell, or trade at that restaurant. And So you're right. I, I, I get it. And I, and I have not heard <laughs> one single premillennialist denominational radio station because we listen to a lot of them talk about this they have avoided like a plague in fact most of them are encouraging uh, you to get the vaccine that it's not uh, going to hurt you and don't worry about those poor aborted babies type statements which just floors me when you have for years and years and years especially the catholic church condemning abortion and it is. It is a murder. You know, I have given that on podcasts before. And so here we go. Why is it okay in this particular instance? And see, there's a standard that we have set in the past, but we're not holding to today. And so, uh, Sam, I, I agree with you. I, I don't know what to say beyond that. Uh, I know at some point, probably, the podcast will be shut down by the government. Oh, I'll be able to send it out, but Nobody's going to be able to download or listen to it. And so we're we're heading into a part in our life, especially in the Western world. We don't know what it's like to be persecuted as Christians. Not like in in parts of the world in the Middle East and Southeast Asia and different places uh, and around the globe that Christianity is either illegal or you just simply have very few rights as a Christian. And so uh, there are many web pages that talk about the persecution across the world. Open Doors is one of them. I don't know much about them. I just know of them. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs is another one. But interesting, these folks never talk about the Antichrist that I have noticed. It doesn't mean they haven't. I'll be honest about it. I don't. I listen to them often or read much of their material. I just know of them. And so I hope and pray that you as a listener are taking your your faith seriously. The struggles that you're going through, we are going through them here in our home. 
We have been praying diligently for God to show us an answer. Uh, we have hopes in lots of things. But the big hope is in God. Because if we trust anybody other than God to take care of our troubles, we're, we're, our trust is just simply in the wrong place. And yes, we all need a job uh, to feed our family, pay the rent, uh, buy medicine, whatever. And that's, that's true from anybody listening around the world. Got to have an income to buy those things. And those are truly needs that we all have. Well, Sam, I hope that answers the question. I'm not trying to avoid it. I, I agree with you. I, I just don't know that there really is an answer. And so thank you very much, Sam. And I know you were encouraging in your email. And I thank you for that as well. Uh, we will pray for you. Please pray for us. We are all faced with the same issues. Anybody that works for more than 100, uh, an employer of 100 people are facing this issue. Some people already had to make choices. Our local hospital, the, the nursing staff is minimum, minimum, because they chose not to get the vaccine after being called a hero. And so uh, it's just sad. We live in sad times. That, that makes me look toward heaven even more. It makes me want to, I, I long and I look forward to be with God forever. There I know there will be peace and harmony, all the things that our politicians are trying to promise us here on earth will never happen. It can't happen. Uh, we're all sinful. There, there's always some secret desire, lust, greed. Um, somebody's buttering somebody else's bread. And so it, it, just, it, just won't, it just won't happen. Oh, they might make it happen for a few, few minutes out of the day. At the end of the day, I don't think it will. Personal opinion only. That's that's it on that. Okay, thank you for listening. Uh, If you have a question, please go to our webpage and submit it. We, We appreciate all the questions that we get. And may God bless you, and may He have the glory.